You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guests of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're talking about sports, athletes and mental health. In light of tennis star Naomi Osaka, who has bowed out of the French Open, she cited depression and anxiety. Now, this afternoon, we'll be talking about the sorts of pressure that athletes face. And was it right for her to be fined uh, uh, whooping uh, $15,000 US by the French Open? And also, is she facing a lot of backlash for her decision? To mull over this, I'm really delighted to be joined on the program by former Olympic swimmer Yvette Kong, who qualified for the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro and was also selected to represent Hong Kong. Yvette is now a board member of Mind Hong Kong, which is a charity committed to improving awareness and understanding of mental health. And joining us, we also have Karen Lowe, also a former swimming elite, uh, who is also part of... Uh, the Hong Kong team and is now a sports and performance psychologist and the founder of Inner Edge. And uh, she's also written a book, Sports Psychology, Building Self-Confidence and Maximizing Potential. Welcome to the program, both of you. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Great to be here. We are live this afternoon on Facebook as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. So for our listeners, feel free to be viewers and uh, feel free to weigh in on this discussion uh, as well. Um, Yvette, uh, you're right in front of me. Uh, perhaps I'll go to you first. Uh, what's your reaction to, to all of this? Well, I think the biggest takeaway um, from that is that it's really time to recognize and prioritize health and well-being um you know like physical health mental health is health mental health is also well-being and i think it's the notion that you know like mental mental toughness does not equate to mental wellness Mm -hmm. and real strength it's it's about looking into your raw authentic self and dealing with it and not about like masking vulnerability you know perceiving the perfections and um, and acting strong. Absolutely. So that was one big takeaway. Yeah. And um, what about for you, Karen? What, what's your take uh, for all of this? In all of this, I had a similar reaction, to be honest, because um, being a, a former athlete and also being a, a psychologist, um, I can. I, I think it's 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 very upsetting, and I think it's very sad. Uh, but at the same time, I also understand that there are always two sides to the story. And I feel like I would understand that the press would be outraged because it's supposed to be part of the contract. It's supposed to be part of the deal. But at the same time, on the athlete's perspective, um, she does have a legitimate reason uh, for withdrawing from uh, being, you know, sitting there in front of the press and, and maybe talking about things that she doesn't want to talk about. So yeah. I think it's it's... I would say it's probably the recent like biggest wake up call <laughs> within the sports industry and I think we we need to start talking about this. <laughs> yeah, and which is why we're talking about it this yeah. afternoon and yeah. it's good enough for public radio we mm. want to raise awareness uh, for mental health and for our listeners listening, you know, th- there's no shame in it. We we want to discuss it. Um I, I want to particularly talk about sort of the reactions to it. Um it- initially it was sort of a bit it was a bit unkind looking at some of the comments uh, on, on social media for, for various articles. Why do you think people are sort of so unkind uh, to Naomi? Or was it, you know, specifically to Naomi? Or is it, you know, just because people are so passionate about tennis for some reason and, and it, they just sort of, you know, took it out on her? Well, what's your reading of, of all this? 
Um, I, I think it's probably a bit of both. It's probably not directed. I mean, some comments are probably not directed to Naomi, but more so like the, the, the sport culture and the contracts in general. Some might be more specific to Naomi's reaction or response to, to the event uh, and, and her withdrawal as well. Um, I, I, I think uh, it's, it's, I think people do see athletes as, because, like Yvette has mentioned, like mentally strong and it's the, it's, it's, it's just the way it is and, and they have to suck it up if yeah. they were to continue in this career or industry. And so I think that was the immediate reaction to, to, to her withdrawal. Yeah. I, Yvette, did, did you feel like that? I mean, as, as an athlete, did you feel that there was sort of, I mean, what sorts of pressure did you face or do young athletes face? Um, you know, echoing to what Karen just said, I think um, I think there's a notion that elites are meant to be perceived, at least they, they're meant to be perceived stronger. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're always wearing a superhuman cape, you know, mm -hmm. walking around like supermans. But really, like, I think yeah. athletes are also are humans. humans. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and they face humongous pressure, um, you know, being watched kind of every little details, every little words that they say or do. And um, with this pressure, I think it's quite human to, to feel um, stress. And um, I think Naomi is quite brave in voicing out her own uh, issues. And, uh, you know, I personally am supportive of Naomi. And uh, I, I do think this is an instance where it's providing a bigger implications on sports and you know just in general um how we view mental health the stigma around it and it, re it really opens up a conversation about mental health absolutely well i mean yvette as a former olympic swimmer uh, you've been very open about your own mental health journey uh, battling depression and now you're an advocate in this area uh, what sorts of just going back what what sorts of pressure do you think young athletes face and you know it's not just about doing a sport that you enjoy doing it's everything else that comes with the competition and you mentioned just now the scrutiny that comes i mean what what sorts of pressure were you or did you witness you know your your peers what what sorts of pressure were you all um, under i think there's all kinds of like multifaceted pressure um you know first i think it comes from within because elite athletes are usually quite harsh on themselves mm. like they want perfection, the, yes, the perfection. <laughs> and, and they go through this harsh routine harsh training and um sometimes they don't allow themselves to be themselves and they keep pushing it until breakage um but i think there's a, a way that we can recognize um psychology also to enhance performance uh this angle to it and also um there's also other pressure where athletes are faced with public um under public eyes and and but social you know, media social these media days, these days yes. um i think especially this era um while social media is very helpful in promoting um athletes you know letting them brand themselves and and have a platform to voice up different things i do think it also leaves space for um you know different comments and different scrutiny on it yeah karen what about for you i mean you you you're also a a former um a, a representing hong kong swimmers what what sorts of pressure did you face and how did you sort of handle it mm. well i think i didn't handle it very well personally um and that's why i became a sports psychologist um yvette mentioned a really good point about perfectionism i think in every athlete there's 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 
seeds of perfectionism in us because we're always striving to be better. Um, but also, I think I got a little burnt out very early on because of early specialization, which mm -hmm. is a big thing in Hong Kong or in the Asian context as well. Mm -hmm. And so training uh, in just one sport repetitively for a very long time and then feeling like you've lost the motivation yeah. at just 16 years old or 17 years old and that's when wow. I quit so and I think that's that so was young looking back that is yes that is so, but exactly at that time <laughs> when you're going through it every yeah. day day and day I mean at what age did you both start swimming and realize that you had to train for something that was bigger um, Yvette? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <go ahead. laughs> well, I first started swimming when I was three. Whoa. But that was about, you know, learning to swim, mm. um, pretty casual. And then I think in primary school, um, around seven or eight, I started training a bit more. And then I gradually increased it until I was training like twice a day, mm. wow. um, you know, mm. 20 hours a week. And uh, that's I, like, I, I that's like a part-time job, and for a child as well. <laughs> it almost seems like a full-time job, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's actually a full-time job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but you know, it, and it's just not about the training hours. You know, being an athlete, being an elite athlete, is twenty-four-seven. Mm. Um, because post-training, you're thinking about you know how to recover, what to eat. Yeah. Um, it's just always on. And um, similar to Karen, I actually got burnout um, quite early on, um, even though I kind of stuck to it. <laughs> um, but I did feel the toll of just, you know, going through the routine and, and, and just going through the motions, I think, mm. at some point I was. And, um, you know, at certain point, between 16 to 22 years old, I was training every day more than ever. Wow. Um, but like inside of me, I just felt so burnout and so um, heavy in a way, like that that it was just hard to continue, but I just tried to continue and um, to the point of breakage. And mm. that's when I realized um, the importance of mental health. Um, I think not just on my own well-being um, and how I see life, but also and it actually really helped my performance. <laughs> so I think I think just recognizing the positive sides of taking care of our mental health, um, and I think it's also about you know how helping people to live out the best potential um, is not just you know serving it as like going to help out a crisis or um, etc. But but it's really about living the best life. Absolutely. And and you mentioned a great point just now. You know, um, we, we often think of um, self-care as a bit of a luxury, but actually it's a necessity. You know, we need to look after ourselves before mm. we can perform in any area. Mm. Um, what about for you, Karen? You, you mentioned the burnt out uh, as well. How did you cope with that? You, you, you decided to walk away from something that you love. What was that feeling like? Well, first of all, I didn't, I actually back then, I didn't feel like swimming was something that I really loved. It was something that I would do. It was something and that, that was part of at. me. Yes. <laughs> and, and usually what happens in, in, in the culture is if you're good at something, then you should go for it. You should continue. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why I see athletes day in, day out, and they're actually pretty miserable. And yeah. they're not very happy with their sport, but they understand that I need to do this. I need to play tennis or I need to play soccer in order to get somewhere. Which can I just point out the yeah. irony? 
Sydney because mm. we often say sports is supposed to be helping our mental health, but now you've got athletes who actually the sports is the cause of their correct <laughs> yes. because yes. they're being pushed mm-hmm. to do something. Let's talk a little bit about the sort of support that you receive as athletes, or that, or what sorts of support is given to athletes. Um, what have you noticed? Has it improved over the years? I mean, who do athletes go to when they feel burnt out? Is it amongst their peers? I mean, yeah, what, what sorts of network is sort of available, Yvette? Um, well, I think, first of all, I think when we talk about mental health and sports, I think there's two, like, big spectrum. One is elite athletes and, and mental health, which involves, like you know, different- under pressure mm-hmm. and, and, you know, performance. And there's another spectrum where it's more about the mind and body connection. And, um, you know, for the mind and body connection, I think um, there's so much benefit of exercising i think especially over the last year i myself done less and i can felt i can i could feel um um the sort of effects that it's having on my mind um so and then the other spectrum is you know athletes and mental health uh elite athletes and mental health i think over the years um hong kong has definitely improved a lot um you know when i was i just started swimming uh, I don't think there was a notion of <laughs> sports psychology. It was just like yeah, I don't think it's really on our agenda. Yeah, mm, or maybe mm. if it is, it's sort of when you are when you're at that point where you need help, then someone might say, "Hey, yeah, this at breakage, is, yeah, at um, breakage, but but yeah. really not for performance or for maintenance." Um, mm. There was just no concept of that, and perhaps it's still not enough. Mm, it's, uh, it's not. I mean, yeah. when I was when I was training, uh, I'm a little older than you bet. <laughs> but oh, when just, I was training um, <laughs> in the sports institute, I didn't even know that sports psychologist exists. And yeah. so, obviously, it's very it's very um, hidden. It's 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 more of if the coach wants you to go, or if the coach allows you to go, yeah. then then you must have an issue, yeah. and and someone will be there to fix it. Is there more so? Is there more of a stigma, perhaps? You know, if you're an athlete, you're supposed to be that strong image that mm-hmm. you know you you mentioned just just mm-hmm. now. Um, so therefore, it's not really encouraged. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think there's definitely that. And well, to be honest, I have to say, in the past couple of years, I do see a a very good improvement yeah. um, mm-hmm. on <clears throat> excuse me, um, sports psychologists. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of access for. Um, the Hong Kong Sports Institute and you know mm. someone like Karen is doing great great yeah. work and in terms of like um, athletes receiving help I think there's there is a stigma uh, I can notice and um, I think a lot of athletes don't realize that you know being open on being true about their problems is actually the first step to, to, to self-improvement and um, you know there's one quote from Michael Phelps which who is my idol and I really um, appreciate if I can share it here is that so what he said was for the longest time I thought asking for help was a sign of weakness because that's kind of what society teaches us that's especially true from an athlete's perspective if we ask for help then we're not this big macho athlete that people can look up to well you know what if someone wants to call me weak for asking for help that's their problem because I'm saving my own life. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, Karen, what sorts of things do sort of uh, athletes come to you with? What, what sorts of uh, um, issues do they sort of address? Mm. I think usually when they walk into my, my office, um, they would say that it, it's, a, it's a confidence issue or it's a concentration issue, and I kind of want to improve on that. Um, but then as usually when the conversation starts, that's when the underlying issues sort of come out, and, and it could be... You know, not the, not being able to live up to coaches' expectations, and I'm really under stress uh, because of that. Or um, I really want to get that college scholarship, and uh, and you know, it's a and and I really want to get to that college or university because that shows that I'm also academically able. Yeah. But I might need to rely on my sports results. Wow, to, it's like to get pressure into upon pressure. Yes. Um, and 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 my parents want me to go to this D1 school, or my parents want me to to to. To, to go to an Ivy League, for example. And, and, and so normally it's about addressing those issues, those underlying core issues first. And that's when the confidence comes back. So um, it's easy just to say, you know, oh, okay, let's let's fix this confidence issue. Let me teach you, you know, some confidence building tools. But it's it's not just that. It's usually a layer on top of a layer. So we'll have to address the the, the, the core issues first. I would yeah. say. Uh, yeah. We have a few comments on Facebook, and I'd love for our listeners to join us this afternoon. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three, or you can email us one two three show at rthk dot hk. Uh, Manak says, I think it's unreasonable for her to be. Forced to do press conferences, especially in light of an anxiety. Mm. Uh, she's there to play tennis. Requiring anything else is unreasonable and will constitute a form of discrimination. I believe it's her choice if she wants to do a press conference or send a representative. It's a prerogative to engage with fans and the press, and not doing so may hinder her personal brand, but that's her choice. Um, John uh, echoes that point and says Osaka played fair by accepting the fine for not meeting a contractual obligation to do post-match press conferences. The organisers then went further by threatening to kick her out of the tournament, even though she had made her position clear and agreed the, uh, to the original penalty. Then the organisers themselves gave a press conference, at which, ironically, they refused to take questions. I would have had one question for them. Why did you threaten to kick Osaka out of the tournament when she agreed to play by the rules and pay the fine. This smells like harassment of a young female athlete. Never a good look for a sports organization, regardless of the pressure that they are under from sponsors and broadcasters. The tournament will be poorer for Osaka's absence, and those corporate boxes will have a few more empty seats. Um, Sarah says, I say good for her for walking away from an ugly situation rather than get involved in a deeper uh, row. She made it clear that she didn't want to do press interviews. Um, uh, Sophia says, to ask to ask athletes to answer questions before they have even processed what's happened in a match within a certain time period or be fined is uh will be uh or or be fined very hard on any athlete uh, some don't even have time to even shower they are fined for being late and fined for not talking although her timing might be a little off uh, she made the right decisions and all her sponsors stand by her hopefully tournaments can open a conversation where players so press can uh, uh, happen but give the players bigger window to speak the world of tennis and some sports are way uh, to stuffy something will give i support osaka and fans like myself miss uh, out because we don't get to see her play she loves the sport as do i uh, mental health comes first and i hope to see her play at uh, wimbledon but uh, most likely she will not be competing for a while 
Um, thank you for, for all those comments. What about those points? Uh, we mentioned just now off air, some of the sponsors have come out uh, to, to say, you know, we support... Um, and Naomi, I think uh, Nike mentioned that, uh, Nissan, uh, what's the noodle brand? Yes, the cup noodles. The cup noodles, yes. exactly. Mm. Uh, how important is it to have allies? I mean, these are big brands, but just to have people to come out and say, it's okay, you know, it's okay to face challenges with your mental health, we support you. How important, I mean, it's a private issue, but how important is it to have allies, to have people come out and say, we support you as well? Well, I think social support is always a, a good thing, um, especially with people who are battling with mental health dis, uh, issues. Um, it's it's all the more important that they understand that there is someone out there, whether it's a big brand or whether it's people around them, um, uh, to have that unconditional love and support. And, and obviously, I think the press doesn't meet that criteria for that and so i must say sorry they hound her a little Mm, bit i I found that you know they've been a bit unkind in some of the the way that she's been treated but i'm not sure if it's just only her or is it sort of across i I don't watch enough sports uh, press conferences do you find it's it's sort of targeting naomi or is it just really to a lot of female athletes yvette what's your assessment i'm not too sure about that um but i would say but for, for sponsors who come out as well, I think it's it's actually a very positive thing yeah. um, because I think collectively um, we need to work together to recognize and, and to, to help people recognize and prioritize the issue of mental health and, you know, having corporations come out and, mm-hmm. and soon, you know, having the ripple effect on their own employees and, and the wider circle, I think it's a brilliant thing. Absolutely. Well, well said. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think the French Open kind of looks quite bad upon mm. this. I was quite surprised by their reaction. Mm. At first. I was quite surprised that she got fined. I mean, had she sort of uh, dislocated or broken her shoulder or, I don't know, broken her hip or whatever, would she be fined? Um, I don't know. I don't have a copy to the contract. No. But uh, I, think, yeah. I think this goes back to, do we recognize mental health like physical health? And, and what do we, where do we go next? Mm. Um, that is the big question. Well, that is a big question to end yeah. today's <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I really like the last comment about giving athletes more window to talk about these things or to be prepared for the press conference. I think um, we are expecting athletes, we are expecting from athletes like a lot because, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's a, it's a hard loss and, and, and they have to be able to process their emotions, their thoughts about the game within just seconds and they need to be presentable, they need to, you know, speak up and not everyone is like that uh, whether it's uh, differences in personality or just you know people who might not just be good at talking um, and so Osaka I, Naomi Osaka I think she is just mainly really asking like a simple request uh, is is there you know can can there can we review you know the the um, sort of uh, the rules uh, ar- about around the yeah. interviews uh, that that players are contracted to do. I think that was sort of the simple question, but I think people took it differently. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Atom gets the last word. Um, Atom says, "Strength isn't the ability to bend yourself in order to fit in. Strength is being able to uh, say who you are and follow through. That's what she's shown us in a rather respectful manner too. Sports journalists need to rethink the way we do things. Uh, are there other ways to promote a?" Sport? Sport. I like the uh, I like the point made earlier on this thread about how society is built by extroverts 
four extroverts. Osaka's uh, action is a voice for those who are different. Deep down, we all are. We just try too hard to have uh, been made to. Good on her. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for all our comments. Especially big thank you uh, to our wonderful guests uh, this afternoon. We're chatting to uh, Karen Lowe, a former elite swimmer and now a sports and performance psychologist from Inner Edge, along with Yvette Khan, who uh, was a former Olympic swimmer. Yvette is now a board member of Mind Hong Kong, which is a charity committed to improving awareness and understanding of mental health. Many thanks uh, to both of you for your time this afternoon.